بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وارزقنا علما تنفعنا به رب شرح صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سويان لسنة بتو of Buluhul Maram, the book of Salah. Alhamdulillah. Last week we spoke about the importance and some of the status and the virtues of Salah and the seriousness of leaving of Salah, of doing Tark of Salah. We discussed the first hadith in the chapter. We are doing the chapter of Mawaqitu Salah, right? The chapter which deals with the, the timings of, of Salah. Our first hadith we spoke about, we spoke about Zuhr, we spoke about Asr, Maghrib and Isha and Fajr, right? We spoke about all of the, um, the times given from the hadith for each prayer. Naam. That hadith was in Sahih Muslim. There is another hadith also in Sahih Muslim from the hadith of Buraydah, radiallahu anhu, fil Asri, where the Prophet said about Asr, وَالشَّمْسُ بَيْضَاءُ نَقِيَّةُ Or rather which the Sahabi said that when they prayed Fajr, the sun was بَيْضَاءُ نَقِيَّةُ بَيْضَاءُ يعني it was white. نَقِيَّةُ means like it was pure white. Meaning this was what? Asr. So at the end of Asr the sun was clear. It was still, you know, bright. We can use the word clearly and shining brightly. What does this prove? When they ended Fajr, Asr. sorry, Asr, the sun was still high, and it was not near to Maghrib. So they prayed it early on time, when they finished, the sun was still high up in the sky, and it was still bright, it wasn't becoming orange, it was not leaning towards Maghrib yet. Understand this hadith? The next hadith is from Abu Musa, which, which says, وَالشَّمْسُ مُرْتَفِعَةً That the sun was مُرْتَفِعَةً means it was high up. Understand? The sun wasn't leading towards the east. Wasn't nearly setting. Was it the west? Sets in the west, right? Wasn't nearly uh, leading towards the west, rather. It was murtafi'ah. It was high up in the sky. It's a similar meaning to the previous hadith, which proves what? That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would uh, pray fajr on time or early. Why am I saying Fajr? You would pray Asr early, right? Um, so as soon as the waqt comes in, they would start with Salatul Asr. So by the time they end, the sun was still high up, meaning there was still some time before, before Maghrib, before the next waqt um, begins. Right? So we say this is the Sunnah. The Sunnah is to almost be hasty to fill your Salatul Asr. This doesn't mean you rush through the asr. It means you pray it in the early time of the of the waqt. Does this apply to other salahs as well? Yeah. Right? We say yes, the rule is general that you should try and pray each salah in the early part of the waqt. 5, 10, 15 minutes after the time is in, you start to pray the salah. If you pray on time also, there's no problem. That's also early. This is something good. Except for which salah? The next hadith we're going to speak about this is except for the salah of Isha. Except for salatul Isha. So that hadith we're going to get to says, Kana yustahabu an yuakhira min al Isha. That Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he used to prefer to praise Isha late. He used to like to delay the Isha. So this is mentioned in the hadith. What does it prove? That that's only for what? Only for Isha. But this is not mentioned for any of the other salahs. So the general rule we say is, you pray early. As soon as the waqt comes in, you try and make salah. Except for Isha, where we find that the Prophet used to like to, he used to prefer to, to delay the waqt of, um, of Isha. Tayyib. At times we could say, it's far to, to pray on time. For example, if you fear something is going to happen that's going to prevent you from making salah. Right? In that case, obviously, you got to pray 
on time if you know look somebody's gonna come visit me later i'm gonna get busy and it's isha now so we say prayer isha right make salah get it done with because later on you might get busy you might get distracted and so forth right the same with a woman if she's expecting her hayd she shouldn't wait and delay until before midnight to pray isha in that case we say to her pray isha because you know your hayd might come and prevent you from making isha and the waqt is already in Understand? Which means you might be sinful because you were supposed to pray that salah. You were supposed to pray that salah and Allah knows best. Right? And sometimes it's also preferred to, to delay the salah. If you are busy or if something happens and you know, look, if I'm going to pray now, I'm unable or I'll be distracted. Then we say, delay the, delay the salah then. In that case, we say it's best that you Delay the salah. But the general rule is with each salah, pray it on time, early. Except for Isha, we say it's good to delay the salah. What about delaying salah because of jama'ah? Do we say it's far to delay the salah because of the because of jama'ah? Understand this question. So let's say the time for Asr comes in. And if you pray on time, do you pray alone? But you know if you wait an hour, your father, your brothers, they're coming home, for example. In that case, you could pray with them and get jama'ah. Do we say you should wait for the jama'ah or do you pray on time? We say it's best that you wait for the jama'ah. We say it's best that you wait for the jama'ah. You know they're coming home, you know, or you're going to meet somebody somewhere. We can pray together as opposed to praying early and you pray on your own. Because the virtue of jama'ah, I'm sure we get to those ahadith uh, later on in the book, insha'Allah, right? But many of the ulama of the opinion that jama'ah is also fard and not just a sunnah. It's actually wajib and not just for, for males and not just a sunnah. Um, look, it's wajib, we say, for the men to pray in jama'ah, especially in the masajid, right? At home, if they are able to pray in jama'ah, then they should pray in jama'ah. But we get to that, that, those, that mas'ala of jama'ah, insha'Allah. Uh, the next hadith is narrated by Abu Barzah al-Aslami radiallahu anhu. He said, Kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama yusalli al-asra thumma yarji' ahaduna ila rahlihi fi aqsa al-madinati wa al-shamsu hayya. So in the first part of the hadith he says, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to pray Asr. Used to pray Salatul Asr. And then we used to return to our homes fi Aqsa al-Madina. In the other part of the city, of the town. Understand? So they prayed maybe Masjid al-Nabawi. And then they walked home to the end of the town. Meaning that was a distance that they walked. Washamsu Hayya. And he says the sun was alive. Hayya. What does this mean? The sun was still up, high up in the sky. By the time we got home, the sun was still, like the previous two ahadith we spoke about, still white, bright, or high up in the sky. Yani, Asr was praying early. This is what this hadith is basically pointing out, just like the previous two narrations we spoke about. When they made Asr, it was on time. By the time the Sahaba reached home, he says the sun was still alive, meaning still high up, still bright, still shining. Um... Right. And then he says, وَكَانَ يَسْتَحِبُّ أَنْ يُؤَخِّرَ مِنَ الْعِشَاءِ And he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to like or prefer to delay the salah of Isha. He used to prefer to delay salatul Isha. Delay until when? Until the end of its time. Until the, the end of time. Meaning before, before half of the night. As we explained last week, Isha ends at what time? At midnight. Not at 12, but the time that is in the middle of the night from between Maghrib and Fajr. Right? You work out the time, that is midnight. And that's the time when Isha ends. So you have to make your Isha and finish your Isha before that time begins. Understand this point? So if we take it a quick example, Maghrib is, let's say now, it's about 20 to 6, 20 to 7, sorry, right? 
Al-Fajr is? It's also 22? 22, 6. Right, so you got 22, 7, 22, 8, 22, 9, 22, 10, 22, 11, 22, 1, 22, 23, 24, 25, 22, 6. Correct? That's 11 hours. Right, that's 11 hours. So what's the half of 11? 5 and a half. So if we take it again, 22, 7, 22, 8, 22, 9, 22, 10, 22, 11, that's 5 hours, plus another half. Plus another half is how much? 22, 11, which means 10 past 11 is midnight. No. Now, based on the times we are currently in, 10 past 11 is now what? Considered as Nusfil Layl. The halfway of the halfway point of the of the night. Do you understand? Which means your Isha needs to be done by ten past eleven. You understand this? This is how you work out the time for Isha. This is where Isha ends at half of the night. So the Prophet used to like to delay Salatul Isha. Araft. So which means he delayed it until the end. Which means, let's say by 10.30 he started to pray. Or 10.45 he started, depending how long he obviously intended to recite. So let's say by 10.30 he would start, he took his time, he prayed for, let's say for example, half an hour. He ends at 11 p.m. He still got 10 minutes before the waqt ends. Make the sunnah, for example, of Isha at the end. And so forth. But, he used to like to delay Isha. But obviously, he used to be done before the waqt expires. He used to be done before the, before the waqt um, expires. So the more he delayed it, the, the more it was beloved to him. Um, naam, and we'll discuss another hadith on this coming up soon, inshallah. Right? So, Ibn Uthaymin says, for example, if we are a jama'ah, we are a group that's on travel. We're traveling together. And we know that we're going to maybe stay up, up, you know, at night. Not going to sleep early. Then what's the best thing for us to do? To delay Isha. The best thing in that case is for us to say, look, we, we're going to be up late, we're traveling. We can delay the, the waqt. We can pray. This is, the, this is midnight? Okay, so we'll pray half an hour before that and so forth. This is something good. Likewise, the Sheikh says, the prayer of women in their homes. When the women pray at home, the best for them to do is to make salah of Isha at the end of it, as, as late as possible, basically. Right? This is the best for them. Right? Because this is what the Prophet used to prefer. This is what he used to uh, prefer. وَكَانَ يَكْرَهُ النَّوْمَ قَبْلَهَا And the Sahabi, he says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to dislike sleeping before Isha. He used to dislike sleeping before Isha, before the waqt of Isha. Why is this? One reason at least we should know. Right, of course if we sleep before Isha, what happens if you're in a deep sleep? You might sleep and sleep uh, beyond the waqt. So you sleep before Isha and you wake up at 2 in the morning. In that case, what has happened? You sleep right through Isha. Right through the waqt of Isha. So because this one is specified because it's late, at, it's late at night. And generally it's late at night, we are tired. So don't sleep before Isha because you might just sleep right through Isha. Understand this? Likewise, um, you're sleeping and somebody comes and they wake you up. Say, look, get up, but you never made Isha. So you wake up, what happens? You're disorientated, you're drowsy, you're sleepy, and you're going to make Salah in that state. Because you're out of it, that was your sleep now, that was, you know, that was your time because you were up the whole day, you were tired, exhausted. Now you fell asleep before Isha, somebody comes and they wake you up and say, hey, you never made Isha yet, you got to get up. Take wudu and as you make your salah, there's no khushu, there's no focus, there's no concentration. 
because you're tired. You're exhausted. That's sleep. You understand? This is, of course, another reason why it's not recommended as the, this is why the Prophet ﷺ disliked sleeping before Isha. Number one, you could oversleep. And number two, if you were to wake up from a sleep and pray, you might be someone who's disorientated or drowsy and sleepy and lazy. Right? And in this case, it's not the, obviously the appropriate way to make salah. Um, and again, unless, you know, unless a person knows that, look, he makes maghrib, and he decides, look, I'm going to take a small nap, and by this nap, I'll get energy. You know, we call it a power nap. Take a small nap, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and you wake up, and you are fresh, and you're able to pray in that case, then this is something that's not makruh. In this case, we say this is not makruh. So a person, maybe he's tired, and he feels, look, I just need a small nap. I'm just going to sit here, close my eyes for a bit, you know, get some energy, freshen up, and I'll make, I'll go to the masjid, or I'll pray Isha, and so forth. In this case, this is a power nap. This was his intention. This we say is not makruh. This is something... This is something different and Allah knows best. So of course we have to look at the, the situation, right? We have to look at the situation. But generally speaking we say it's dislike to sleep before Isha for the reasons that we, um, that we mentioned. If you take a small nap just for energy so that you can make salah in a better state, then this is something that's actually recommended and Allah knows best. والحديث بعدها <coughs> والحديث بعدها and he says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he also disliked speaking and talking after Isha he also disliked speaking and talking after Isha so firstly when we say dislike we mean it that this is something that is Makruh, right? We don't say necessarily haram. We say that it is um, disliked, meaning it's makruh. There's no sin involved. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Why is this? What's the wisdom in this? To prepare yourself for tahajjud. Khair. So what happens is, after Salatul Isha, you've prayed, it's 8 p.m., it's past 8 summer, and it's a long day, and what happens, you sit and you start to chat, and you this, and you're busy with that, and, and what happens, the night goes on, and you end up sleeping late. When you sleep late, it becomes extremely difficult to wake up for tahajjud, for Salatul Layl. At the end of the night, late in the middle of the night, you want to wake up and pray. This is something highly recommended. But the person who sleeps late, is this possible for him? It's almost impossible for him. Understand? So this is why this is disliked. Likewise, it's, it's, it's probably reached a much worse level now. Where we stay up late, and it's not just Salatul Layl that we're missing, it's actually Salatul Fajr that we are missing. So at times we sit up, and we are... You could even translate the word, the word yes is to speak and to talk. I would say just to waste time. Just to spend time doing things that are not important. This is disliked. After Isha. So we sit on our phones and we chat and we're on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and ila akhirihi. Right? And what happens? Before you know it, it's 12, it's 1 o'clock. Finally you go sleep. By the time Fajr comes, you are in your deepest sleep. You've got 25 alarms, you don't hear any of them. And you sleep straight through. Until somebody shakes you awake and says, Hey, it's school. It's time to get up. You know? Fajr is long gone. The reason we missed Fajr is because we slept late. Because we slept late. So the sunnah is actually to pray Isha and to go and, and sleep. This is actually the sunnah. Uh, and this is actually what's best for us. This is actually what is best for us. So either that wasting of time will make us miss something that's best, which is tahajjud, because we slept late, or it will make us miss that which is fard and wajib, which is salat al-fajr. 
Um, and this applies to that which is permissible. We are not speaking about haram things. We are speaking about wasting time doing that which is mubah, that which is permissible. Understand? If you're sitting on your phone, chatting to your friend, girl to girl, boy to boy, there's no haram in that. No problem. Right? You're sitting watching a video, no haram in that. It's something basic. We, this is what we are speaking about. This we say is makruh after Isha. If you are busy with haram, then the ruling is no longer makruh. The ruling is haram. Changes, of course. So if you are busy speaking and you are busy with riba, you are chatting with it, whether it's on the phone, whether it's in person, doesn't make a difference. You are speaking and you're speaking about this one and that one and this one dresses and looks like this and he said this and he's, he's like this and so forth. Ghiba. What is Ghiba? What's the definition of Ghiba? Ghiba. What is Ghiba? You know what Ghiba is? Skana, right? What's the definition of Skana? Okay, what's the definition? Somebody asked me, but what is backbiting? Okay. So if I said something, Uncle Walid is a generous man. I spoke behind your back, say something to somebody else. Is that backbiting? It's a compliment. So in that case, it's speaking behind his back that which he dislikes. That which he dislikes. That's what the hadith says. Dhikru It's when you say something about your companion, your friend, your, a person, about that which he dislikes. So he dislikes something, you know this will be an insult to him or a... You know, like a curse for him or anything bad. And you say this to somebody. You know, that guy is like this and he's actually like this. He's a bit this and so forth. If that's something that you would have disliked, it's ghiba. So the, the Prophet, the Sahaba, they said, Oh Rasulullah, what if we speak the truth? And this is also something that happens, you know, people, it's not backbiting, it's the truth. But he is most like that. And, but she is most like that. Right? Sahaba already asked this question. They said, what if what we are saying is the truth? The Prophet said, if what you are saying is true, then you have backbited about this person. It's still, it's still ghibah. Because he dislikes that speech. If what you are saying is untrue, if you are making up rumors about this person, then you have slandered him. Then this is not ghibah anymore. This is now slander. It's buhtan. It's worse than ghibah. You understand? Now this, of course, sins of the tongue, subhanAllah, is something that lots of people are negligent of. And Mu'adh ibn Jabbar, radiallahu anhu, he asked the Prophet will people enter Jahannam because of their tongue? Because of their tongues. The Prophet said, Thakilat ka ummuk ya Mu'adh. May your mother be bereaved of you, O Mu'adh. Meaning, how can you, Mu'adh, who is so knowledgeable, Ask such a silly question. You should know Mu'adh, the tongue. Many people in the Jahannam because of the, because of their tongues. Because it's either lying, it's either riba, it's the slander, it's either cursing, it's abuse, it's etc. So if it's a gathering of riba, that's haram. After Isha, it does not, doesn't take the same ruling here. Oh no, it's makru because the Prophet said if you speak after Isha, it's makru. No, what you are speaking is haram, that, that, that's haram. The same with, of course, slander, lying, and insulting, and mocking people, and so forth. Right? This is, of course, um, things that are haram. Sitting, watching movies, sitting, listening to music. Right? This is not makru, this is haram. Right? The sheikh says here, uh, people spend their time, بِالنَّظْرَ إِلَى الْمُسَلْسَلَاتِ الْفَاتِنَةِ مُسَلْسَلَاتِ Have you heard this word before? Series. He says people sit and they watch series. Ibn Uthaymin said this 20 odd years ago, 30 odd years ago. I don't know what series people watching. Okay, maybe there was. But he says they spend their time watching series that's full of fitna, that's full of time wasting, which at the end of the day, it actually changes people. You know, these people start to act like these actors and they become like them and, and so forth. Um, this is of course not makru, this is haram. This is time wasting and this is also looking at haram, witnessing haram, and it's haram for many angles. May Allah save us. Um, ila akhri ma yujidul an, he says, etc. Yani, and 
looking at so many things that we find today. I think today with social media, it's a hundred times worse. The social media, the fitna is a hundred and a thousand times worse. Um, because there's so much more distraction. There's so much more fitna with that phone in your hand, with that PC in front of you. There is so much more fitna than the people of 20, 30 years ago had. You know, they didn't have, uh, you know, chatting in like an instant messenger. It's so convenient, but it's such a major fitna. You can message the opposite sex in a split second, and you can start fitna in a split second. Online pictures and all these things, subhanallah, the amount of fitna that comes from it, you know, it's, it's, we, are, we cannot even understand the, the, the fitna that, 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 that this brings. So, if we take this hadith, if we abide by this hadith, we make isha, we switch off and we go and sleep. You will find barakah and khair. And you will also find you are safe. You're keeping yourself safe from all of this fitna out there. I think most of the fitna even happens towards the end of the night. That's when everybody sits on their phones and everybody starts to go on social media and so forth. Um, and then Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah, he says that He says to sleep early. In agree- by agreement of all doctors and scientists, they all say it's better and healthier for you and for your body and so forth than for a person who sleeps to the end and late part of the night. The later part of the night. Right? He says that's the blessed time of the night. The early hours of the night that you sleep that time. Um, and this will give your body the rest that it needs. And, I, and I've read up about this before. That a person who sleeps at the end of the night, you know, if he sleeps for a few hours, it doesn't give his body much energy. But the person who sleeps early, he can sleep for a few hours and it gives his body a lot of energy and strength. And, and uh, you know, like it rejuvenates his body and gives him energy and so forth. <coughs> so this is from the wisdom of the Sunnah. This is now being proven scientifically. That if you follow this, you will, it, you will find blessing in your health and in your body as well. Um, and of course, logically this makes sense. That a person who sleeps early, has a good night's rest, he can wake up at the end of the night. He can stand with Qiyam. He can make Fajr with energy. He can make Fajr, you know, fresh. And he can worship Allah with, with ease. As opposed to us who wake up and we're drowsy. And then you wake up Fajr and you can't think, you just take wudu and you make salah and can't wait to get back in the bed. You know? It's because of our sleeping patterns. Actually, this is a problem with our with our sleeping patterns. Um, <clears throat> so with this we say that it's disliked for a person to sit at night after Isha and waste time. Whether it's chatting or speaking, whatever it may be. I'm gonna use the translation here, wasting time, not just speaking, right? Um, is there any exception to this rule? If you're busy with, you busy yourself with good. So if you have a visitor, for example, you're allowed to honor your guest. This is also established in the Sunnah. Somebody comes to visit you at night, you it doesn't mean you, you know, you honor your guest. You can sit, you speak with him, you spend some time with him, and so forth. Likewise, you are sitting, you are researching, you are studying, you are reading. Huh? You are reading Quran, you are memorizing Quran. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu used to spend the nights memorizing hadith. He used to spend the nights memorizing a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi And this is why the Prophet always told him, before you sleep, make witr. Before you sleep, make, make witr. Why is this? Because you're up late. You understand? Whereas other sahaba perhaps who slept early, they would wake up, make qiyamulayl, and then make witr. Understand this? Because they slept early, they could wake up later. They can wake up before fajr. Whereas perhaps an example like Abu Hurairah, not saying he didn't make qiyamulayl either. But before you sleep, just make witr. Because perhaps you might wake up and it's already fajr. You didn't get a chance to make qiyam, you didn't get a chance to make witr. 
So before you sleep, make make witr. Because you stayed up late memorizing a hadith. This can't be time wasting. This is not time wasting. This is not unnecessary speech. This is ilm. This is for a reason. So if there's a reason and there's benefit, then you can stay up. Let's say you have an exam the next day. Huh? You have an exam the next day. You need to study. You need to read. This is something different. In that case, we say study. You know, I don't necessarily say pull all nighters, um, but study. Right? If you need to stay up late and so forth, um, then study. Right? Why don't say pull all nighters? It catches up with you. Okay. Um, now, um, it's a tough topic for me. <laughs> Because I'm a late sleeper. But it's a good lesson for me as well. Because even if I study, I study a whole night. And that's just the way I do it. But it's not, it's not preferred. It's definitely not preferred. Um, you best, you know, you prepare yourself beforehand. Sleep the night before. Write your exam in that way. That would be best. Without a doubt. And Allah knows best. Uh, then the hadith says, وَكَانَ يَنْفَتِلُ مِنْ صَلَاةِ الْغَدَاتِ حِينَ يَعْرِفُ الرَّجُلُ جَلِيسَهُ um, The Sahabi then says that the Prophet Sallallahu used to then يَنْفَتِلُ which means he used to turn himself. يعني after the salah finished and they're speaking specifically here once again about salatul fajr in fact. So he prayed fajr and after fajr he would turn around and face the jama'ah. So the sunnah for the imam is, obviously everybody's facing qibla. When you're done, you make your taslim, assalamu alaikum warahmatullah, so forth, to the right, to the left, and then you make your adhkar. Astaghfirullah three times, wa anta salam, wa minka salam, tabarakta jalali wal ikram. And then the Prophet used to turn around and face the, face the jama'ah. And then continue with the rest of the adhkar. So they obviously facing the front. They continue facing the front. The imam would turn around and face the jama'ah. Hina ya'rifu rajulu jalisahu. And this is how he would know who is sitting in front of him. This is how he would know who the one who is sitting in front of him. Because in Fajr, Right? In Fajr, they used to start the Salah when it was late. Oh, sorry, when it was early and it would still be dark. Right? Fajr goes, it's still dark in the sky. Remember, they didn't have electricity like we do. So the old masjid is lit up when we go to masjid. It's different. They would walk in the darkness to the masjid. Stand in the Salah and it was darkish. Right? It was still dark in the masjid. Certain parts of the masjid didn't have a roof. So it was open air. Only thing above them is the stars and the, the moon. That's it. So it was dark at night. <coughs> you could maybe know that next to you, but 10 meters in front of you, 20 meters in front of you, you couldn't exactly see where that person is. After Salatul Fajr, they used to recite, and we know the Sunnah used to recite, long in Fajr. After Fajr, while he's reciting, it will become lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. Then you'd make salah, turn around, face the jama'ah, and then he could see who's standing behind him, and who's standing in that row, and that row, and that row. Because it now has become, the sky is of course, lit up. The sky has of course then, um, lit up. وَكَانَ يَقْرَأُ بِالسِّتِينِ إِلَى الْمِئَةِ Sahabi says, he used to recite, um, from 60 to 100 verses. From 60 to 100 verses. This is basically in general. Uh, difficult to tell exactly how, how much it was, to be honest. Um, I'm going to explain now how do we kind of work it out. Um, right, so they didn't have time, like we do clocks and so forth. Um, so when they say this is like an estimation, this is an approximation, he, he decided between 60 to 100 verses in Fajr. That was the general uh, procedure. Understand? That's generally how it used to be. Again, it could be one or two. Allah alam exactly what this companion meant. 
Right? Some one might say, no, that means per raka'ah. Other one might say, no, that means for the entire salah. That could be for the um, entire salah. And like when we say 60 to 100, it all depends. I mean, if I recited the juice, it might take me 15 minutes. Another person might take them 100, uh, sorry, uh, half an hour. Another person takes them an hour to recite the same amount of ayat. Also, when we say 60 ayat, from which surah? If you take surah Ar-Rahman, Allama Al-Quran, there's all short, 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 short ayahs. You, you understand? You take surah Mursalat, surah Iqtarabat Al-Sa'at wa Shakal, short, short ayat. Right? Take surah Baqarah, for example. Long, long ayat. Lengthy. If you take 60 from there, 100 from there, it's long compared to 100 from maybe a short surah or surah. Safat or Saad, it's just all these small, small surahs, ayat put together. So how do we exactly do we work it out? We say, we take that which is generally in the middle, al-wasat. We take the, that which is generally known to be in the middle, and so forth. Right? Um, but this was how it used to be generally. At times, he used to recite certain surahs. Like on a Friday morning, for Fajr, he used to recite surah. What's the sunnah? Nope. For Fajr on a Friday morning. Sajda and? First raka'ah you decide sajda. Alif Lamim. And the second raka'ah? I'm sure if you made salah in the haram on a Friday you would have heard it. They decided often. Not mursalat. Close but not mursalat. Surah Insan. Just before Mursalat. So the first raka'ah is what? Surah Sajda. The second raka'ah is Suratul Insan. This was now something specific. But otherwise, you would basically lengthen the salah. That you would lengthen the salah. Right? But what's important is for the Imam. To pay attention to his congregation. To pay attention to his congregation. That you pray according to what they are generally capable of. So if they are capable of standing certain length, you recite a certain length. If they are not capable, you have to lighten the salah for them. Make it easier for, for them. Another hadith, he said, إِذَا صَلَّى أَحَدُكُمْ لِلنَّاسِ فَلْيُخَفِّفْ When you pray salah for the people, then فَلْيُخَفِّفْ Make it easy for them. Make the salah light for them. Make it easy for them. Understand? Um, and there were people in the time of the Prophet in their towns, in their areas where they used to make salah. They used to make salah long. Extremely long. And such that people would be, people would be lazy to go to the masjid. And people would go late. Because they knew this imam is going to read here, yeah, old Jews now. He's going to take 45 minutes. Let him bacha where we go after half an hour. We just catch the end of the second rakah. Then we make the first one and we get the jama'ah. You understand? So whose fault is that? That's the imam's fault. Because he's making it difficult for the people. So the pastor rebuked these people. He spoke against this and says, You are chasing people away from the masjid. You are chasing people away from the, from the masjid. So the imam needs to also pay attention to what the jama'ah is capable of. Right? If the sah- if the person prayed, the Sahaba would stand. Yeah, if he prayed the whole Baqarah in one rakat, they would stand. They they would be fine. That was a Sahaba, you know. Others may struggle. Others may struggle, especially if you have elderly people in the Jama'ah, young children in the Jama'ah, and so forth. You have to take this into consideration. Falu Khafif. Another hadith says that the person used to pray, and when he heard a child crying in the Jama'ah. Can imagine a mother comes with a baby, she also wants to come to the masjid, no problem. He would hear the child would be crying in the salah. And he would, he would then shorten the salah. Out of mercy for the mother. Out of mercy for the, for the mother. It's obviously a small stress for her. Look, the child's crying, it's a disturbance for the others. And he's trying to calm the child down. And the imam is still reading and reading and reading and reading and reading. The Prophet when he heard this, he would shorten the salah. This was how he was to the ummah. صلى الله عليه وسلم.
couple of benefits of the hadith we spoke about the issue of sleeping after isha and not wasting time not sitting around talking not sitting around and um now wasting time also we spoke about the issue of um not sleeping before not sleeping before isha not sleeping before isha unless you know you're just gonna have a small power nap and you can do that you know your body that's fine Right, but otherwise to sleep and make yourself extra tired, this is of course not, not on. Um, another benefit from this hadith is that we should rush to fulfill Salatul Fajr on its time and not necessarily delay. The Sunnah clearly from this hadith is that they would pray Fajr early from the early time of the, of the waqt. From the early time of the waqt. And to lengthen the Qira'ah in Fajr. As Allah says, Quran al-Fajr. The recitation of Fajr is something in the Quran al-Fajr kana mashhuda. It is something that is witnessed. Witnessed by the malaika and so forth. Is there any questions on this hadith? The next hadith is the hadith of Jabir radiallahu anhuma. Wal-Isha ahyanan wa ahyanan. إذا رآه مجتمع عجل وإذا رآهم أبطأ أخرة والصبح كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصليها بغلس. سلام كهتم. This hadith he says that Jabir he says أسو عشاء then أحيانا وأحيانا meaning sometimes we pray the عشاء late and sometimes we pray the عشاء early. So the hadith says, sometimes Isha we prayed early, and sometimes we prayed it late. How did they decide when the jama'ah prayed early, when the jama'ah prayed late? The hadith then says, إِذَا رَآهُمْ مُجْتَمَعُوا عَجَّلَةً When the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would look at the jama'ah, and he would see, they have come early. The people have come, they are ready to make salah, he would go and make salah early. And if he saw them delay, Yani you could see they were tired, they had a long day, they're still coming from work, they're still busy with this and that. He would take note of the jama'ah. If he sees them coming a little bit late, he would delay the isha. Understand this? So again, he would pay attention to the jama'ah. When he sees them coming early, okay, they all here, or majority is here, it's establish a salah. If he sees only a few people in the masjid, most of the sahaba are still coming, they're taking their time, he would delay the salah. This is for the salah of, um, of Isha. وَالصُّبْحَ أَسُوا الصُّبْحَ كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ يُصَلِّهَا بِغَلَسٍ Then the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to pray it in twilight. يعني it is still quite dark. Meaning early hours of the morning. As soon as the adhan is done, fajr is in, they would start with fajr. It was still basically dark. Understand? It was still basically um, dark. So just some time comes in, it's now officially Fajr. Adhan, of course, pray the Sunnah of Fajr. And then they would pray uh, the Salah of Fajr. Right? Meaning they did not delay Fajr until it became light. Understand? Some of the benefits of this hadith, <coughs> we again see how the Prophet ﷺ used to take note of the Jama'ah. I mean, if they were on time and early, they would start. If they were a little bit delayed, he would delay. Wait for them. He would, you know, he had care like this for the ummah, care like this for his sahaba. So therefore for us, if it was possible, I think that our masajid works a bit different. You know, if it's time, they start. But the sunnah would actually be to, to look and say, look, the people's a bit late today, let's wait. You know, let's take care, let's, we know it's a bit windy outside, it's a bit rainy, it's a bit this, it's a bit that. Um, so let's wait. Is this specific to Fajr or sorry for Isha only? We say it's not specific, right? You can delay the salah, waiting for the jama'ah and so forth in any of the salawat, right? In any of the salawat. So for example, you see these people working, you know, you see them taking their time, you can delay the salah. As for laziness, see some people not rocking up because they're lazy. Then we don't delay the salah for this, right? We start the salah on time and we carry on.
some ulama said that in summertime, when Fajr is extremely early, then you're allowed to delay Fajr just a little bit. Because people have slept very little. Right? So Fajr is 4 o'clock in the morning, some, uh, sometimes earlier. In that case, they would say it's recommended to just delay the salah just a bit. Because people are still waking up. They, they, you know, they, they didn't sleep much and so forth. Allah alam, this is up to the imam. We say this up to the imam. If he feels this is best, then he can instill that. If he feels it's not required, then he does not have to do that. Um, another hadith in Sahih Muslim from Abu Musa. فَأَقَامَ الْفَجْرَ حِينًا شَقَّ الْفَجْرُ وَالنَّاسُ لَا يَكَادُ يَعْرِفُ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا This hadith says that the Prophet ﷺ, he started Fajr حِينًا شَقَّ الْفَجْرُ At the time when dawn breaks. يعني, it was still dark, right? Still dark. Fajr has just come in and they would start um, to pray Fajr. And he says the people... لَا يَكَادُ يَعْرِفُهُمْ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا They were unable to actually recognize one another. They were unable to recognize. Why? Because it was extremely dark outside. It was extremely... And this is how they would start the salah. When it was dark outside, you couldn't make out everybody in the jama'ah. Because like we said, no electricity, no lights and so forth. It was dark outside, so they could not see um, uh, everybody basically. So on this point, Ibn Taymi rahimahullah, explains that we have something called Fajr al-Sadiq and Fajr al-Kadib, which is your false dawn and the, the true time of Fajr. This is a period of time before Fajr, where the sky starts to have a little bit of whiteness. This is not actually the time of Fajr. This is not actually the time of Fajr. This is known as Fajr al-Kadib. The false time of Fajr, the false dawn. People get confused with this. Okay? And then we have Fajr as-Sadiq, the true time of dawn or the true time of, of Fajr, when it's actually Salatul Fajr. So that time of Fajr al-Kadhib has no rulings attached to it. Meaning you don't start your fasting before uh, in that time, you don't make Salah in that time, yani Salatul Fajr, it's still pre-Fajr. Understand this? The signs of Fajr al-Kadhib, the false dawn is that you see this white, whitish line that appears vertically in the sky. Vertically, like it's going up into the sky. And not horizontally. Right? It's not a horizontal line. It's a vertical line. That's like it's shooting up straight. Understand? And not horizontally, which is from east to west. Huh? This is a sign of Fajr of Kadib, it's not just Fajr. If, you, if a person takes note and he studies this, he will be able to, to tell you the differences. Um, also, Fajr al-Kadib, that false dawn, it doesn't reach the horizon. As it doesn't go from east to west, maybe from north to south, you'll see the line straight up, but not from east to west. And of course, the third point is that the Fajr al-Kadib, it suddenly disappears. That line will eventually disappear. Whereas Fajr al-Sadiq, the line gets bigger and bigger and bigger and becomes bright. The whole sky will eventually light up. The darkness will not overtake it until Maghrib, basically. Right? So, we are supposed to know the difference, or at least know when it's Fajr al-Kadib. No rulings apply there. You still can eat and drink if you are fasting until Fajr al-Sadiq. That's when Salat al-Fajr starts. And that's when the person who is going to fast needs to stop eating um, and so forth. Right? Again, this hadith proved that they prayed Fajr early. Because it says we couldn't see one another. Sahaba couldn't see one another when it was dark. They prayed Fajr early and they did not wait and delay Salatul Fajr. The next hadith from Rafi ibn Khadij, anhu, he said, Kunna nusallim maghrib ma'an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, fayansarifu ahaduna wa innahu la yubsiru mawaqi'a nablihi muttafakun alayhi. Um, again, we prayed Salatul Maghrib with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَيَنْصَرِفُ أَحَدُنَا So after the Prophet ﷺ turned around, we said, when does this happen? Astaghfirullah three times. اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام. تباركت ذا الجلال والإكرام. Then you turn around. And face the jama'ah and make the rest of the adhkar. Some people would sit and make adhkar. Some people would get up. Because again, they had needs, they had things to fulfill. So they could get up, walk away, 
and they would be making their adhkar as they walk away. Understand? So none of the Sahaba were permitted to move until the, the Prophet moved. So in that early part, when he just finished the salah, they would sit still or make the adhkar. When the Prophet turned around, that's when they would then, you know, either turn or move around or sit, some of them would get up and so forth. So that's assuming to wait till the imam turns. So we wait to, that's actually not to jump up immediately and walk away. Try to sit, make you, especially at astaghfirullah three times, Allahumma anta salam, and so forth. The longer you sit, the better for you. The longer you sit, the, the more the malaika make dua for you. Sitting after the salah and before the salah. Um, but if you need to go, you get up and you leave. And as you're walking, you can make ayat kursi and the three calls and you can make your subhanallah. No harm in that. So this hadith, they waited for the Prophet After he turned around, some of them turned, some of them left. After this, he says, then, oh, so this is after what? Matsara? Maghrib. He says, uh, When this happened, after Maghrib, we could see the place where we left our arrows. So they came into the masjid, they would put their bows and arrows down, then go into the, so the saf. After this happened, you know, salah is done, and they got up, they could see the place of the, there's my arrows laying there. It was still very light. That's what the, that's what the Sahabi tried to tell us. Which means when Maghrib started, they prayed. They didn't delay Maghrib until it became darker during the night. They prayed Maghrib on time, and it was done, the sky, the sky was still light. So they could see the place of the arrows on the other end of the masjid. Because meaning the sky was still lit up. The sky was still um, light. Mumtaz, right? That's exactly what the hadith is saying. Uh, in another hadith of Jabir, it says, يُصَلِّ الْمَغْرَبَ الْمَغْرِبْ إِذَا وَجَبَتْ He used to make maghrib as soon as it became wajib. Yani as soon as the sun set, they would make maghrib. Understand? Um, is there any sunnah between the adhan and maghrib? Right, the e sunnah to make, it's not of the, the rawatib, meaning the six, 12 salah sunnahs attached to the, the farm salah, right, that is of extra virtue, it's not included in that. But the e is a sunnah to, be, to pray before salatul maghrib. What the 12 salahs is, 12 raka'at, you make it, you get a house in Jannah, right? What's the 12? Two before Fajr? Okay, two before the turn after that's how much? Two for six? Six and two before Asr. Okay. Um, Maghrib. Maghrib after. After, yes. Right? And Isha before and after. Before and after. So you got two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. You said two before Asr, two before Asr to Maghrib. So two before Fajr. Two before Dhur, two after Dhur. Two before Fajr, two before Maghrib, two after Maghrib, two after Asr. That's seven no. times two is fourteen. No, one before Asr. One? You can't make one rakah. No, no, sorry, yeah, two, two rakahs, yeah. If you add it up, it's fourteen, not twelve. So something's wrong. If I'm going to take a call to Makkah, you know? No, 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 leave Makkah. No, you no, don't no. judge by Makkah. No, no, what I mean, what I mean is like if I follow the Imam, the Imam, the Imam. You know, at times when the Zahno was really uh, was strong, they performed um, they didn't perform the um, first Turakas of Isha. So is that now not included then? Okay. Couple of mistakes. This is the twelve. Two before Fajr. Four before Dhuhr. Not two before Dhuhr. The Sunnah is to pray four before Dhuhr. Two after Dhuhr. Two after Maghrib, two after Isha. That's six times two is twelve. Two before Maghrib, sorry, let's start again. Two before Fajr. Four before Dhuhr. Two after, two by two, yes. Two rakat, two rakat, then you make four for Dhuhr. After Dhuhr, you make another two. Nothing before and after Asr. Nothing before Maghrib. Two after Maghrib then. And two after Isha, nothing before Isha. That's the rawatib, meaning those 12 raka'at are the best 12 raka'at 
which are attached to the fard salahs. The best of them is the two before fajr. Better than all of them is the witr. But that's not included in the twelve. You understand what I said now? Twelve rakat, you pray them every day, the person you guarantee the house in Jannah. Right? Two before fajr, four before dhuhr, two after dhuhr, two after maghrib, two after isha. The only challenging one is four before dhuhr. The only challenging one is four before dhuhr. Does this mean you can't pray before Aisha? You can pray before Aisha, but it's not included in this specific 12. Likewise, Asr. There's a hadith, you pray four before Asr, it's also a sunnah. I think this place will be protected from the fire of Jahannam, al Kabaqad. Right? But it's not included in the, in the 12. Likewise, two before Maghrib is a sunnah, but it's not included in the, in the 12. So there's a hadith that Prophet said, Sallu qabla al-Maghrib, Sallu qabla al-Maghrib, Sallu qabla al-Maghrib. Pray before Maghrib, pray before Maghrib, pray before Maghrib. Yes, after Isha. If he stopped there, we would say it's almost far to pray before Maghrib. Because he's saying three times a command, pray before Maghrib, pray before, pray before Maghrib. But at the end of the hadith, he said, Liman Shah, whosoever wants to pray. Liman Shah, whoever wants to pray before Maghrib, you should pray before Maghrib. We say it's a, it's a recommended sunnah to pray before to pray before Maghrib. Can we delay Maghrib Salah? Yes, we can. Till before Isha. It's permissible. The sunnah is to pray it early, but as long as you pray it before Isha, it's permissible. Because you pray it in its waqt. As long as it's in its waqt, which, which, which lasts until Isha's waqt. So if Isha is at 8 p.m., by 8 p.m. you must be done with Maghrib. You must be done with. Done with, not start. You must be done with Maghrib. Understand? You must be done with Maghrib. But it's even possible to delay. But not for. Uh, it's best to pray it on time. I think let's take one more hadith. Before we end off. From Aisha radiallahu anha. She said. A'atama al-Nabiyu sallam adhata laylatin bil-ishai. Hatta dhahaba aamatu al-layli. She says that the Prophet ﷺ, he delayed Isha. Right? He delayed Isha. Until a large portion of the night went past. We don't say majority. With majority, it means it's past midnight. We say a large portion of the night went by. He delayed Isha. And then he came out and he made salah. It means he came out into the masjid and he made salah late. He said, this is the time for Isha. What does he mean by this? This is the best time for Isha. Later on. No. La, not the last part of the night. Last part of the night means before Fajr. Before the middle of the night. Right? Before the middle of the night. Point is, he came out, it was late. Right? She says, a large portion of the night went by. Again, if we say midnight is at 11... Maybe he came out at 10. Maybe he came out at top 9. Maybe he came out at top We don't exactly know the time. The point is he, he delayed it somewhat. He didn't come out at 8. He came out late. Understand? And he said, this is the best time for Isha. Lawla an ashukka ala ummati. Had I not feared hardness or difficulty for my ummah. Meaning, if you can pray late, good. Nice. But I'm not going to say you must pray late. Because it might become difficult for you. You may be tired. To stay up late may be difficult. You understand? You got work, got campus, got school. The next day, to stay late may be difficult. So pray it on time. Pray it early. No problem. But if you can delay, then delay. Understand this? This is basically what the hadith is saying. Right? If this is basically what the hadith is, um, is saying. That it's good to delay Isha. If it's okay and easy for you. If you're going to find difficulty and tiredness, you're going to end up praying there half past 10 and you're half asleep. You can't focus. No concentration. Then, there's no, then, then don't, don't delay the salah. Rather pray 8 p.m. and pray salah when you're still a bit fresh. Then that would be best. This is understood. But otherwise, the Prophet ﷺ loved to... Um, 
He loved to delay the salah. Tayyib, let's wrap up over here. Wassalamu alaikum Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Just to